Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. The following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. An affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry, promoting and advocating on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org. Join me, Brian McCallan, on Speaking Out for the Blind. I interview blind newsmakers to inspire the population to go for their dreams. Speaking Out for the Blind airs Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern on ACB Media One. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. PR Newswire says that America's first project using low-income tax credit financing for building accessible housing specifically for the visually impaired is scheduled to open in the spring of 2024. This new residential project is called the Foglia Residences at the Chicago Lighthouse. The Chicago Lighthouse, along with Land and Bone Breaker Architects and Brinshore Development, LLC, are leading this special project. To talk about the Foglia residences, let's welcome back Chicago Lighthouse President and CEO, Dr. Janet P. Slick, and introduce Brinshore Development Principal, David Brent. They're just two of the marvelous individuals working on this exciting development. Welcome to the program, everyone. Thank you, Brian. Glad you both are here. Tell us about yourselves and your organizations. Uh, all right. I, do you want me to start? I'll start. Um, so the Chicago Lighthouse is an organization that's been around for 116 years, serving the blind community, providing job opportunities, education, and low vision services since 1955. Uh, we serve over 50,000 people each year, and we employ about 800 people currently at our facilities throughout Illinois. And this is David Brent. Um, my company, Brinshore, has not been around for 116 years, um, but we have been around for over 30. We are affordable housing developers. We work nationally on uh, projects that range from uh, redevelopment of neighborhoods to um, targeted projects like this uh, folio residences, which is near and dear to our hearts. How the Chicago Lighthouse, Land and Bone Baker, Architects, and Brinshore Development all team up to work on this new housing project. It was really the brainchild of David Brent, and he brought together uh, leading architects, Linda Bone and Baker. He had known them working on other projects. David is a leading developer in the nation for affordable housing, and this project is near and dear to him, as he'll describe as the father of a son who is blind. So he really brought the team together. Now, Dave 
Uh, David also served as a board member of the Chicago Lighthouse before he left to uh, work with the Foundation Fighting Blindness and to run his business. Um, but he has always kept um, the Chicago Lighthouse in mind. And when he was a board member, we talked about the need for housing for people who are blind and have disabilities in Chicago, because there really aren't many options. And we have young professionals who are working for the Lighthouse who live with their families and when they want to become independent, uh, but they really don't have affordable options. So this idea has been germinating for some time, over a decade, and now it's come to fruition and we celebrated last week and we all couldn't be happier. Well, this is very exciting for the blind community. David, you got to tell us about the recent groundbreaking of Folklia Residences. I heard it hit the news. Uh, it did. It, uh, the mayor of Chicago, uh, Mayor Lightfoot, was there. Alderman, Congressman Danny Davis, and other dignitaries were there. Because this is this was a really special project. Uh, first of all, the, the Lighthouse facility sits in the middle Illinois Medical District, which is uh, has four hospitals, uh, including the VA and Rush and University of Illinois and Cook County Hospital, lots of medical research facilities. And um, it is the largest single employer uh, in, in Chicago in this one medical district. This is the first project that they've approved of to do residential development. And they have been a great partner in this regard. Um, it'll be a uh, if you've seen the, the pictures, the building looks a little bit like a lighthouse. Um, <laughs> it'll be a beacon entry, beautiful entryway into the medical district. Um, and so it was just a very exciting time to do a project that is um, groundbreaking for uh, for the nation. And, um, you know, we were just really proud to, to get it started. David, how's the project going to be financed? Uh, local housing tax credit pro- projects are financed with... Uh, a um, uh, smorgasbord of, uh, of uh, financings, uh, low-income housing tax credits, state donation tax credits, um, uh, home and uh, um, CDBG funds, uh, mor- traditional mortgages, uh, and other contributions to the project uh, are, are how we finance the project. So um, it's going to be funded through low-income housing tax credits, but, but Janet... Um, what are some of the exciting amenities and features of Polkia oh, residences? As David said, it's just it just is going to be very beautiful. There'll be more than um, it, there'll be seventy six units: uh, one bedroom, two bedroom, and studio apartments. A community room, a fitness center, ground level retail, and residential parking. So it really will have a lot of amenities. Um, the community room is. Is, is going to be quite special. Overall, we like to, we are um, promoting it as a center for the community where people will come together and gather for activities, learning exercises, but we'll also be leasing out the space in the community room for um, the Illinois Medical, for use of the Illinois Medical District for uh, visiting talks and for conferences and that will provide revenue to the, the to the building so that we can um, promote it and provide job opportunities within the building for people with disabilities. For example, the retail space, we're hoping to lease out to a, a 
uh, business that will employ people with disabilities. And we have a number of different options in that area. Overall, the community is is very excited about it. And the, the Fogley has started the goodwill, but there were others coming in as well. We have the lobby um, being named after the Barker Welfare Foundation that has supported the Lighthouse for many, many years, I think since the 1920s. So there's a lot of goodwill that's come um, through this effort and a lot of great support. In regards to retail, are you both thinking of bringing in, bringing in any well-known names? No, this is not. This is convenience retail. It's um, uh, it'll be uh, either something operated by the by the residents, you know, a coffee shop or a convenience store or, or some sort of other service that supports the building and the neighborhood. Oh, I see. Okay. Now, what's going to be inside the fitness center? Is this going to have an indoor pool? I know the Chicago winters can be very cold. <laughs> no, no indoor pool. No, it's a it's affordable housing, and it costs enough already. But uh, um, mm. the fitness center will be. Um, fully uh, um, uh, loaded with the equipment uh, for of all different uh, of all different types. Uh, one thing that you learn when you have a blind child is that uh, certain pieces of equipment are easy to manage and certain aren't. Like we as sighted people love touchscreens. People that are visually impaired don't like touchscreens. So equipment, some of them have uh, um, uh, more more uh, facile um, knobs to operate the, the equipment. Um, and other kinds of equipment can have jagged edges and you have to design the space so that people can uh, move around easily uh, with proper lighting and, and uh, uh, proper space for them to, um, to do all kinds of exercising. So it'll be a it'll be a really functional space for people of all different disabilities. Is, is this place also going to have cable? Uh, well, you know, <clears throat> you're aging yourself. Uh, yeah, it will have a cable uh, hookup, but it will have uh, um, uh, internet. And uh, people, most people are off the grid now. So uh, the ability to uh, have um, internet television or streaming services is the most critical element. And that, that will be, uh, that'll be in the building, but there will be cable. Yes. Sure. They- we, um, we are working with a, another not-for-profit to furnish some of the units, and Brian, and that's pretty exciting. Designs for Dignity has joined us. So each apartment will be outfitted with um, beautiful furniture and when, when the occupant wants the furniture. You know, if you want to bring your own furniture, you're more than welcome. Jen, how do you think the Pokalia residences are going to model similar future blind and visually impaired affordable housing projects around the country? Oh, I'm hoping that through our network of affiliated organizations that serve people who are blind and have other disabilities, that they will see this as a model system. So that's why we want to make sure we do it right and we have the partners to do that. So I think um, hopefully it will start a trend across the country to provide safe and affordable, beautiful housing um, that's equipped with all the essentials for people who have visual disabilities. What's going to be the cost to live there? Well, uh, rents are um, regulated, ma- maximum rents are regulated by the government in a, in a local housing tax credit project. These projects are designed to be affordable to people under different levels of the area median income. And so uh, area median income in Chicago is about 80 something thousand dollars. So somebody at uh, 40% of the area median income uh, making $32,000 would, wouldn't pay more than um, 
you know, uh, 30% of their income for a total for rent. So the rents are going to range probably in studios, uh, studios, ones and twos, probably to a maximum of about $1,200 down to about 400. Mm, that's not too bad. Uh, no, not too now, bad at all. Are you guys going to hire a landlord to collect the rent? You mean a ma- management company? Yes, a manager. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we have a management company uh, that uh, that Brinshore works with in Chicago and has been for several decades. All right. So everybody who's going to live in these residences, make sure you pay your rent. Um, <laughs> yes, you know the the key is to to um, um, market it to the populations that will take advantage of it. And so other nonprofits we're working with across the city, like Access Living in Chicago, to to market it to populations that might be interested in being part of the building community. What are some of the additional apartment features, David, that are going to allow the blind and visually impaired to live independently? Uh, that's, that's, that's the key question. How do you design a building that is... Uh, um, uh, helpful and accommodating to people with visual impairments. Uh, we did hire uh, consultants, Chris Downey, for example, who's a, a nationally known uh, architect who happens to be uh, blind, um, and uh, and uh, some other folks from the American Federation uh, for the Blind or American Foundation for the Blind. Um, and w- what we did was a, lar- a combination of tactile um, things uh, on the walls, um, in the units, uh, different color contrasts uh, on the floors. Uh, the floors are um, uh, easily uh, accessed. There's no tripping hazards. Uh, we have uh, um, handrails and uh, walkways. Um, many things in the in the units uh, talk to the residents. Uh, entries are keyless. Um, uh, the um, the units themselves are and the common spaces are laid out so that they're easily um, uh, they flow easily for people that are uh, that are visually impaired. Um, we also make the spaces um, you know, um, uh, condensed so that it's easier for them to know where things are in their units. Uh, Janet, do you have remember other things that we've added? Because I probably yes, no. For those with who have low vision, as David said, we have high contrast changes on the walls versus the floors, um, texture changes, carpeting versus hardwood floors, differentiating pathways throughout the building. We also have some very beautiful braille wallpaper that's going in um, tactile elevated fixtures. So the artwork can be um, appreciated through touch. Uh, Just a lot of unique features that will make it completely accessible and open uh, for a person with a visual impairment. Um, what, what about the built-in voice controls? What are those going to do? Do you mean what kinds of technologies do we have? Or, or yeah, yeah. What, are, what, what kind of technology is the built-in voice controls going to use? And, and what's that, how's that going to help the blind residents who are living in the, little, in, in the special housing? Yeah, uh, entry uh, uh, interactive uh, voice in the entryways and the elevators, um, in the units, um, the the um, the stoves and the other appliances will be more tactile than they will voice interactive. But still, those are accommodated. Those are accommodating factors. Um, those are the those are the big ones. We're also looking to partner with companies like Amazon to get echoes within each apartment. 
So there are devices that are interactive and voice controlled um, and um, newscasts like yours, Brian, can help us reach that audience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, Janet, I understand one of my former guests, Chris Downey, who's a nationally recognized blind architect, was involved with the project. How did he get involved? That would be, I'm going to punt that question to David because David made direct contact with Chris Downey. I only know him through his 60 minute segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's how I knew him too. So I reached out <laughs> to him when, uh, when we conceived this project and uh, um, asked him to serve as a consultant and then introduced him to Landon Bo Baker. Uh, and they subcontracted with him. And uh, his his role was to um, review the plans at each stage of development of the architectural plans and um, make uh, constructive uh, suggestions. He did a great job. Sounds like he did. Um, what what do people think? What do the uh, future residents think so far of the Poglia residences? Oh, we have had such an outpouring of interest. We have a website that addresses and it is collecting information about those who may be interested in being tenants in the building. And we have a list that is growing each day and just a lot of really, real excitement. And last week's groundbreaking really created a buzz, a further buzz for the project. So we will have no shortage of candidates to live in the building. That's really good. What's that website? That website is, you'll go to the chicagolighthouse.org and type in Foglia Residences. Very easy to find. Okay, we're going to put that up on speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. So, um, everyone, talk about the phases of uh, construction for the Foglia Residences. How's it going to work? When's everything going to be completed by? That's really what you want to know is when it's going to be done. (laughs) (laughs) Started construction in earnest about a month ago. So um, it'll probably take uh, 16 to 18 months to complete. Uh, The the site is on the lighthouse property. The lighthouse contributed the property to the project, which makes it a very uh, challenging site uh, because the lighthouse needs to continue to operate, uh, as you can imagine, (laughs) and safely. And the site is an urban infill site, so we have to be able to get equipment and uh, um, uh, machinery and and staff onto the site. So it'll take a little longer than than usual. But I suspect that in the spring of 2024, we'll have residents and we'll have ourselves a big ribbon cutting. So the Chicago Lighthouse and the Puglia Residences, where are they located in Chicago? Um, Are they near any specific landmarks? They are. It's um, really the gateway to the Illinois Medical District from the south. Mm-hmm. So the Chicago Lighthouse is located at Roosevelt and Wood. And this this um, one acre parcel where the building Foglia Residences will stand is right at the corner of Wood and Roosevelt. And the Chicago Lighthouse building is just to the west of that location. So right here, it um, opens the door to the Illinois Medical District, and it's really the first major residence within the medical district, which is comprised of organizations like um, University of Illinois Health System, 
um, UIC, the West Side Medical Campus, is located here, as well as Rush University Medical Center, Cook County Hospital. Um, and so it's right within a very um, active area uh, west of the loop in Chicago. Okay, so it's so it's near the Cook County Hospital. I see. Okay, the famous Cook County Hospital. Yes. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just trying to figure out famous landmarks here and how it relates to where you're located. Yeah, I was going to say if you if anybody knows where Soldier Field is, you basically go three or four miles due west. Mm, I see. That's what it is. All right. Okay. Um. Now, um. This special housing, um, is it ever going to be used at, used as uh, temporary places to stay for anybody who visits the Chicago Lighthouse for events and um, or programs and, and just and, and they get just like a sort of free accommodation at the special housing? Is it is it going to work that way ever? No, this is an apartment building. These are it's, residents it's that have your leases. Absolutely, just for the residents. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that doesn't mean that if somebody has a house in my area has a couple of little dorms for uh, students who stay overnight for programs for certain programs, little long term, long length programs. Um, Well, guys, this is indeed very, 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 very exciting. Um, So. is there anything else you both would like to add before out of time? I'd like to add one thing and I'll leave the last word for Janet. All right. This was, this was not an easy project for um, the, the, the lighthouse board to get comfortable with. Um, you know, it's their land. It's their a property that uh, um, they are committing to do something that's very unique and special. And um, they spent a lot of time and energy uh, understanding what this would be, what, what, what the potentials were and getting themselves comfortable so that they were fully committed to it. And it was a really, uh, really good process to, of a developer and a nonprofit um, getting comfortable with each other to make sure that we had a good working relationship. So um, that, that, that is the kind of thing that public private partnerships need to do. We're really proud of that. Well, David is absolutely right. Our board did do its due diligence because it is a commitment for the long term. It's a building. and after 15 years, the lighthouse will look to own the building. After 40 years, um, we it does not need to continue to be affordable housing. But I think given the commitment of our organization for 116 years, I think in 40 years, it will continue to serve the blind community. But it will be here for a long time. And the lighthouse has a track record of taking care of the community. And I'm sure that will be the case for the long term, Brian. So um, we have legacies within the lighthouse of uh, the children, uh, our current board member, his father was chair of our board in the 70s. And so there are legacies here that go on. That's the, the kind of community Chicago is. All right, everybody. We hope we can travel to the Windy City one day and check <laughs> these fabulous new residences out. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Brian, for raising awareness of this wonderful project. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind 
or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website that's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. And my show archive is at speaking-out-for-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. You are listening to ACB Media One, also known as Mainstream, the flagship of the ACB Media Network. The ACB Media Network is a service of the American Council of the Blind. Please visit us at acbradio.org.